Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. <laughs> Adam, uh, before we started, I was uh, perving on the websites of uh, some of our competitors. There are a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, and we have inflicted some some meanness toward a couple of them, most notably... Mission log. Well, back and, when it felt like uh, punching up. Right. We felt like the David to their Goliath. And I think uh, it was a couple weeks ago now that you found out that our show is about as popular as the entire Trek.fm network. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, was, fe- uh, which was amazing and humiliating. <laughs> yeah. Like there's... There's embarrassment heading in a lot of different directions based on that revelation alone. Yeah. But, you know, made I think made us both feel like the the time of us trying to start a war with another podcast just so that we could get our name mentioned uh was had come to an end. Yeah, but, I would uh, agree with that. We've arrived. But, uh, We're like the Rick Ross of Star Trek podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And uh and and yet occasionally i will i will perv on the sites of our uh various competitors and i was on the mission log website just now it's important to comp shop the other stores i think secret yeah. shopper style yeah i go in i kick the tires i uh you see other customer services mhm yeah 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 and um they had a mission log hosted a big panel discussion at this uh Las Vegas uh Star Trek convention that they just had the big LV 50 Star Trek LV 2016 basically the convention i've wanted to go to most of any convention the 50th yeah. in Vegas yeah and uh that didn't happen nobody called or invited but what did I discover on their website but a YouTube video of a 45-minute panel discussion between them and, like, seven or eight other Star Trek podcasts? What? Yeah. and it's I don't like, remember going to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to assume our invitation got lost in the mail. Um, maybe it went to Maximum Fun HQ at first. These were uh, these were all the great Star Trek podcasts in attendance, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that they're all shows that Th- these are shows that exist. Exist, yeah. <laughs> but it 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 did make me feel like maybe we don't like. I think that we've definitely got we've we've got proven game in that we've got an audience that uh, that really likes our show, and they you know they tell us about it all the time. They write us at drunkshimoda at gmail.com but boy it felt i felt like real I've, i felt real snubbed to discover that there was a specifically a podcasting panel at the las vegas star trek convention that us one of the greats <laughs> <laughs> and what by greats the... i mean one of the lamest <laughs> yeah 
Well, I mean, what's great about what we have on this thing of ours is that uh, we've, as popular as we've become, we've still solidified our outsider status. Yeah, I guess so. We're still uh, pretty punk rock. What were the big takeaways from the panel? What would one hope to learn from a panel of these uh, well-respected Star Trek podcasts that were well, also invited? I didn't get super deep into it. Uh, I was like watching it to kill time before you hopped on Skype. Uh-huh. Um, I will say that there was a lot of self-seriousness and a, not a lot of dick and fart jokes that I noticed. You don't say. Uh, so that seems like maybe a point of distinction that we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, there Boy, were... I wish we could have gone to that podcast panel and showed them our, uh, our giant hockey stick going in the <laughs> upward direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, a couple of these are shows that I had heard of before and a couple I had not heard of. And I, uh, I searched all of them on iTunes and they, uh, I think we have more reviews now than all of these shows put together probably. So I don't, I mean, that's not a, that's not exactly a definitive piece of statistics, but God, what have we done? (laughs) Well, we've, we've created such a successful monster. No one wants to hang out with us now. Yeah, yeah. Like, we've overshot our goals so completely that we can't even attend Star Trek podcast panels. Basically, the only event at a Star Trek convention that is appropriate for our attendance, yeah. uh, we're unsuitable to invite. Mm-hmm. God, there might have been a window there early on where we would have been right for an invitation back in the back in the month one era. Yeah. But, Wow. I would say that as of about this recording, just I'm just looking I'm just basing this on the trajectory we are currently on, but uh you know, we're a little over 6 months into this project and uh I think I think it's safe to say that when this episode goes up, we will have crossed the million download mark. Yeah, it's true. As we've been uh getting closer to that mark, I've been watching it more and more. Yeah, we are totally going to hit a million by the time this podcast gets released and that is ridiculous in 30 lifetimes i didn't think a million people would listen to our show (laughs) no but uh boy howdy do we appreciate everybody that's listening i mean it's just you know it just goes to show that that like it doesn't matter how many people listen all anyone ever really wants to do is be invited to things (laughs) and uh and like I can't be satisfied with that that million downloads because I know we weren't invited to sit at the cool table at the convention. Yeah, I mean, well, so here's the difference between you and me, Adam. I think okay. we both want to be invited to things, but you actually also want to go. I suspect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to uh, you want to decline with regards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to I want to I want to send a a very elegant uh, you know thick thick cardstock note that says I, I really appreciate the invitation but I, I simply cannot <laughs> wow well that's one of the many differences between you and me Ben yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll list them off as our series continues <laughs> so with that I just want to say thanks to everybody that's listening and yeah it's a big milestone please treat our competitors with respect uh, I, I think it's not quite as funny as it used to be to uh, to zing on them but that's, uh, you know, I was going through some feelings, so I'm, I'm glad we talked it out. I think we've said it before. 
uh, on Twitter, if not on the pod. But I I respect anyone who would uh, embark on a project like this uh, and do a show about Star Trek and give it any sort of effort at all. So anyone who's willing to do that uh, at least starts there with me. I'm 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 gonna retract some of my uh, some of my niceties that I just said. <laughs> I just scrolled down the mission log page a little bit, and it turns out they also had a hang at a tiki bar, which uh, oh fuck those guys! Anybody? Oh that knows man, me, we should have been there. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this this is directly an attack. This is an outrage. This is a fucking outrage. Oh Ben. I'm sorry, buddy. And Clint Howard was there. What the fuck? Man, how'd you like to be sitting poolside having a nice tiki drink with one Clint Howard? (laughs) Clint Howard in his very tiny swimsuit. (laughs) Just rock and knuck with Clint Howard. How'd you like to do that? There's nothing I want to do more. No, no, I can't think of it either. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, that that went in a bunch of places. That went from being hurt to uh, some amount of sincerity to being really angry. Yeah. We kind of went through all the podcast stages. (laughs) You want to start the show, buddy? Let's do it. This is Season 3, Episode 14, Space Rashomon. Yep. A matter of perspective. This is like a slug line that seems like would happen a lot more often. Like, Commander Riker is accused of improprieties on an away mission. Like, this seems like it could be a thing that happens over and over again. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Adam. All right. We start I would never. The, we start the episode with painting class, and Captain Picard and several no-name crew members are sitting in... Uh, some unknown lounge painting a nude woman. Unclear if she's a holographic nude woman or just an, another crew member. If it's just, not a holographic woman and it's a real woman, like yeah. you've got to believe that she's super edgy, right? For being <laughs> yeah. a, a Starfleet officer. Yeah. Like, look, lady, you don't have to do this. Yeah. She left Riker's quarters and came directly there without putting an outfit on. Yeah. Uh, Pretty great. Data Data comes in and starts kind of doing like Patrick Bateman style <laughs> reviews of all the art. Yeah, you like Huey Lewis on the news? He's got these very rote understandings of the of the way the art works. Ensign Williams' striking style is heavily influenced by geometric constructivism. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste, but when sports came out in '83. I think they really came into their own. He's, he's pretty unkind about Picard's, and uh, Picard cuts him off. It's too artsy. Too intellectual. Furthermore, the unsettling overtones of proto-Vulcan influences. Thank you, Mr. Data. He's, he's really complimentary to everyone else, and I think that's the problem. Like, everyone is getting a little love from Data. Right. And Picard's finally like, well, well Data, what do you think of mine? <laughs> and Data just fucking eviscerates it. It's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! But to his credit, it looks like the botched Jesus restoration painting. It looks terrible. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to use a 
cliche, but I could paint that. Right. There is a uh, <laughs> there is a version of this scene up on YouTube that that next gen re editor Gazora made. Oh uh, yeah, it's called Picard, and <laughs> and when they cut to the painting that Picard paints in this scene, it's that it's that painting of the horse playing saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's how it begins. It goes it goes to a lot of great places, but it's definitely worth a watch. I'll make sure I link that on the Twitter page. What fun. Well, if you link it on the Twitter page, we'll make sure to connect it up to the Facebook and the Reddit. Because, you know, social media is fracturing, Adam. Yeah, it's important to hit all the bases. Yeah. He just kept talking in one long, incredibly unbroken sentence, moving from topic to topic so that no one had the chance to they're at this space station the botanica for research station and um they're there to check in on dr nell apgar who is working on a thing called krieger waves which i guess they think are going to be like an energy source like really unclear like what they are or what it's kind of a uh kind of another MacGuffin technology right and some uh, plot forwarding waves this is the first cranky old man scientist that we've met that isn't human. So that's like an interesting ripple. He looks like he's realized the natural evolution of the poly from Sopranos hair. Like, <laughs> like he goes all the way up with the poly yeah. from Sopranos hair. Let's whack this cocksucker and be done with it. He looks pretty distinguished. There, there's a good deal of interesting hair in this episode because his, uh, his assistant, Tana, yeah, she's got like you know Devil's Tower in Close Encounters of the Third Kind? <laughs> yeah. That's what her hair kind of looks like. So. And Nell's wife looks like she went and got a perm, but like the size <laughs> of the rollers were like paper towel rolls. <laughs> They're they might have, in fact, been paper towel rolls. Yeah. Um, so Picard gets up to the bridge and, and Jordy's up there and he's like, that was not a great OA mission. Any problems? Not with the scientific part of the mission, no, sir. Riker to Enterprise. I'm ready to leave now. And, uh, you know, your, your mind races, because Jordy has got a lot to feel bad about if he's going on an away mission with Riker, <laughs> just because of, the amount of, of uh, the amount of wetness that Riker's dick is going to encounter relative to Jordy's. It's like being the water boy on... The high school football team and hanging yeah. out with the quarterback. Like, all you're doing is watching him fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And this is like one of those weird episodes where, you know, this is a, a team of professionals that are supposed to have each other's highest respect, but they they keep kind of, like, not discussing what happened with each other. Like, like, Riker radios up and he's like, I would like to get out of here now. Which is a real uncomfortable-sounding situation, and nobody's able to pry it out of him in a timely way. Yeah. But uh, they're trying to beam Riker back when uh, the station goes up like a Roman candle, and um, there's like a brief moment where they think that maybe Riker's beam didn't go through, but, uh, you know, this is like a a moment that they've played for suspense one too many times. We know that Chief O'Brien's got his ass. Yeah. so he he comes through and he's he's like <laughs> he's in a real foul mood and O'Brien's like man I I uh, didn't think I didn't think we were gonna have you and 
Riker's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's just like, I, like the way Riker behaves throughout this whole episode is so weird. Yeah, he's real. He's a real grumpy Gus. Yeah. Um, and you might just play it off as uh, O'Brien being O'Brien because he's always fucking with people like that. Yeah, that's definitely like the the you just beamed in equivalent of when you're about to beam out going, oh, I'm sure this is going to go great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing that's to worry about. Thing. Yeah, he is the, uh, he is the carny of the ship. <laughs> he's right. always dropping bolts on the on the floor before the, the ride takes off. Everyone loves a funny transporter chief. Mm-hmm. So after this station explodes, the uh, planet sends up a an investigator named Craig who is who, who comes on board looking to extradite Riker. Like they're from Jump, pretty convinced that Riker was behind the explosion and behind uh, killing Doctor Apgar. He was he was uh, you know Doctor Apgar was murdered and Riker was the only one there and. They have testimony down on the planet that uh, leads them to believe that Riker did it maliciously. It's not an accident. It was it was a, a straight up hit, and so Picard has to like lawyer back and forth with Craig about whether Riker's just going to get extradited, because I guess this planet does a guilty until proven innocent approach to justice, which uh, is the opposite of the Federation. Right. But like, what's the deal with this? What what is this species like? Are they in the Federation, or are they just like a client species that's doing work for the Federation? Like, what's going on there? I don't know. He tries to big dog Picard right away. Yeah, in, into like, well, well, as long as you're in the orbit of my planet, you have to uh, you have to obey these rules. And one of those rules is giving me your first officer so he can stand trial. If I understand Federation regulations on this matter. And I just happened to look them up before I... I am aware of Federation regulations, sir. And Picard, to his credit, is like, fuck that. Like, no. And to Craig's credit, he's like, well, how else are we going to try this guy? We can't yeah. We can't do it on your ship. He's not going to get a fair trial here. You guys yeah. are best buds. Like, like, help me out here. Like, after yeah, the Craig... big dogging, he sort of chills out, and they, they start talking pragmatically about it. Right. This is uh there's a lot of fun stuff here like there's there's a shot where like Riker's basically been banned from the ready room while Picard deals with this. There's a shot where Riker's like peeking in from from the bridge like what's going on in there? <laughs> and uh I get, so Craig and Apgar are the same race and I'll say that Craig kind of looks like he's got like divorced dad on a on a date kind of look going on <laughs> real tower like well he's got yeah he's like a suit that doesn't fit him that good and like a turtleneck oh you like know? i see what you're saying like he's trying but he doesn't really have the materials to to like try and also look good right yeah, yeah. exactly he's he's a little bit too used to being a dad to like to like cut a dash at this point he's not going to go buy new clothes he's just going to where the best stuff he has yeah and uh you know he's 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 brimming with confidence you know like he he comes up to this ship like like full of self-assurance but the the rest of the episode is sort of about picard just kind of breaking this guy down bit by bit yeah and good for him like he comes up alone he does Mm -hmm. this trial by himself yeah, it was brave. He didn't even have a friend call his cell phone like halfway through just in case it wasn't going well and he would have a plausible out. Right. It is a guiding principle 
So what they do is they set up a holodeck recreation of what was going on on the station. And based on sworn testimony that Riker, Dr. Apgar's wife, and Dr. Apgar's assistant, Tana, read into the computer, they do like a Rashomon-style thing where they show each person's story as they remembered it. And um, it's like a series of events where, from Riker's perspective... Apgar's wife was like throwing herself on him and from her perspective Riker was like basically going to force himself on her and and rape her like she she outwardly accuses him of attempting to rape her and uh from Tana's perspective it's more or less more like her story more or less comports with Apgar's wife and uh, this is like a this is a real humdinger because Troy, <laughs> did you just open like seven cans of beer? <laughs> yeah, I've got them lined up. Wow, uh, Troy like can't. Is that not dis- how you're supposed to drink beer? You don't just open up all the beers in front of you because that's how uh, I do it. Well, I only usually do two at a time because that's how many my helmet fits. Oh right, right. Uh, <laughs> Troy is not able to, like, discount the testimony that either of them gives against Riker. You know, like, she's like, they they believe that they are telling the truth. And that really, I feel like that opens up an interesting thought experiment. Because we know that Riker's, Riker's kink, his fetish, is consent, right? Right. All he wants is, is, like, more consent than you could really ever know what to do with more more money than you can ever spend yeah you know and uh and his testimony makes it look like that's kind of what the deal was like she she wanted she wanted him from jump and basically wouldn't take uh his no for an answer like she had more consent than he knew what to do with and and like apgar like steps in on them and he's like i knew i'd find you with him did you think I didn't notice how you looked at him? I'm not the fool you take me for. He, like, takes a very pathetic swing at Riker that Riker easily steps out of the way of. But Yeah, um, just, like, in, in Riker's memory, he looks super feeble. Right. But then Manua, the, the wife... I hate Manua! <laughs> <laughs> That's the drop you can use. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the wife is... Like the opposite, where she was just trying to show him to his room, and he's like grabbing her and like trying to disrobe her and stuff, and and the husband comes in and sort of heroically tries to fight Riker despite being a much feebler man. Please. I knew you'd try this, Riker. Do you think I didn't notice how you looked at her? I'm not the fool you take me for. Yeah, what Troy articulates really is like the lie detector problem, right? Like right. it it is. As long as the person believes they're telling the truth, then that is as good as the actual truth with respect to uh, a machine that's able to tell the difference. Or in a proceeding like this, uh, when a Betazoid believes that all parties are telling the truth, like, that doesn't help anyone. It becomes totally subjective at that point. Right, and they never really resolve that. Like, like Riker stays accused of rape when they leave, but... yeah. He's absolved of the murder. So, like, it's... I don't know. Like, I felt like they... It's one of those, like, classic 
things in TV where like a perfectly serious accusation is kind of ignored because it's something a man might have done to a woman. But it's also like it definitely means that either Riker or Apgar's wife Manua I hate Manor! is insane. Like one of them is fully mental and believes something that didn't happen happened. Right. And <laughs> it's very scary to think that that might be Riker because we've got like you know three and a half more seasons to spend with this with this guy and he could be a monster if uh if uh if manua is is not insane but uh yeah the stakes are pretty high right yeah but i also don't want to victim blame you know like <laughs> of course not yeah so uh problematic hashtag problematic this is becoming a speech you're the captain sir you know, Troy tells Riker, look, like, this lady believes she's telling the truth, but I know you, and I know that that, that's, that, that can't be what's happened here. Like, she has, she has a very acute power in terms of, like, perceiving whether or not someone's honest or believable, but yeah. she's falling back on something that you and I have, which is just, like, gut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Data doesn't have. Right. Speaking of Data, let's talk about what Data, Jordy, and Wes are up to. Wesley, the boy. The boy. Young Wesley Crusher. My son. Yeah, they're doing some science. The B story here is sort of two stories in one, right? They're trying to figure out how the station was destroyed. And also... There is some pretty dangerous radiation showing up on the ship, and it's melting steel beams. Yeah, and I didn't think that radiation could melt steel beams. But then I uh, discovered a website called Infowars.com, and that really (laughs) turned me around on the issue. What happened to Shuttle Pod 7? Yeah. Ben, (laughs) Shuttle Pod 7. Did you know that no Jews were killed when the station was destroyed? (laughs) Oh, God. I, I did not know that. It's true. Is this something uh, I'd have to watch Loose Change to to yeah, know anything about? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna want to get in touch with what was going on there because it's uh there's more to it than the official mainstream media report would lead you to believe. Do you think we have more seduction community listeners or nine eleven truthers in our audience <laughs> <laughs> that that we've now completely turned off? I don't know that we want like. On the off chance that any of them do listen, are any of them like going to actually donate to support the show or buy a product if we are uh, in a position to advertise a product? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they believe. Yeah. I don't understand it. Jen, <laughs> yeah. We, uh. we sure do conduct this show like we don't care who we, who we alienate, that's for sure. <laughs> that's just being true to ourselves. That's be that's you know what, Ben? That's what you yeah. do when you're outside the pocket of Big Rod. Yeah. We're gonna do us. So yeah, these 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 radiations keep happening all over the ship and it's I guess happening on a very regular interval. And so what they work out is that it's related to a generator that's down on the planet's surface and there's like there's like a great cut to commercial scene where where Wesley Data and Jordy are like, Captain we figured the whole thing out. We now know what is causing the bursts and why the science station exploded, sir. And we also know who killed Dr. Apgar. We know everything. 
that scene was really distracting to me, not for the reason that you just stated, but because mm-hmm. Wes's hair continuity was totally off. <laughs> Did you pick this up at all? Yeah, this is like the last hurrah of Wes's hair just being a, a hot fucking mess. They clearly did this on separate days because uh, the wide angle, the four shot, he's rocking the bouffant, and the single, mm-hmm. he's got like supercuts hair, like a nice, <laughs> a nice deep part, nice yeah. crisp wave over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he may have been illustrated with a uh, like a graphite pencil. Looks like he should be wearing some L.A. gear tennis shoes. <laughs> some British knights. Yeah. Uh, well uh they go back to the holodeck and we should say like there's been some pretty cool holodeck effects in this episode where they're they're all like sitting around on the holodeck watching these scenes play out and like Riker will be in two places in the room because one of them will be a holographic representation and it's all done like pretty pretty damn well i would say pretty well for the early 90s especially yeah so they go back and Picard is like in he's in like closing arguments mode because he's about to he's about to tie this case up with a nice big bow. But isn't it remarkable that with all the witnesses, all the different points of view of the events aboard the space station, we haven't seen what really happened. What it turns out is that the reproduction of the station was focusing the generator energy from the planet's surface and actually making these Krieger waves that they are there to uh, to learn about. And the Krieger waves are melting parts of the ship all over the place. And so they wind up being able to orient the simulation in such a way that the Krieger wave bounces off of the simulated beam out of simulated Riker, hits the reactor core, and blows up the station. Yeah. Turns out uh, Nell was the murderer. Right. It's it's like which is not a plot point that I had uh, anticipated from watching the movie Nell. That's for mm, sure. Yeah. Also it, a surprise. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> if but, you love mid '90s Jodie Foster movies, mm-hmm. I recommend yeah. Nell. <laughs> this is uh, you, our our first jumbotron ad of the episode is for Nell. <laughs> <laughs> The inspector, uh, Craig, is like, oh, well, cool, that, that solves that. And that rape accusation, like, we don't really have to, to worry too much about that. So bye, guys. And, uh, and, and then Picard lets Riker, like, order the ship out of the system. And that's the end. Yeah. I mean, Craig apologizes to him at the table, and Riker just sort of gives him the nod. But yeah. Riker's been living with days of... People looking at him suspiciously, like his friends sort of giving him the cold shoulder. Like, he's definitely feeling the accusation socially. Right. Like, the accusation is as, is as bad as, as its potential truth. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It's, uh... They do everything to prove that except show that scene where Riker sits down at lunch with a group of his buds and all of his buds get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't quite go that far. Yeah. Yeah, N- nobody tried to steal the cornbread off of the uh, off of his prison plate. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of this episode, Adam? I did not like this episode. 
Um, and it, I think the reason that I disliked it wasn't due to its relative strength or weakness of its story, but man, this score was really front and center. It was so loud and it was so synthy. It's like they brought back the synth guy and, <laughs> and paid him double. Like, Or they brought back his cat and let the cat walk around on the keyboard. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the music sort of kneecapped the seriousness of the proceedings in a way that I just sort of couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at. Did you like it? It's not. It's definitely not even close to being the worst episode this season, which means it's better than most of the episodes we've watched so far. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, I'm always down with the Rashomon story. Yeah. I think what it achieves is that sometimes in a Rashomon's, you know, any story that uses the Rashomon plot device, uh, which, if you don't know, is a very famous Kurosawa film where, you know, the story of a of a crime is told from the perspective of several different characters, and there, you know, the inconsistencies are revealed in the fact that we see filmic reproductions of each version of the story. And I think that at at its worst, that device can be really boring and repetitive. And they they never got anywhere close to that with this. Like they they didn't repeat anything that was unnecessary to repeat. And and the couple of things that they did repeat were interesting to watch. You know the different versions. You know there's there's a version of it where Riker like like hits Doctor Apgar in the gut a couple of times. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it was fun to see the differences in their perceptions, especially yeah. when it comes to uh to like manhood, right? Right. Like Riker made himself much more uh masculine compared to Nell. I mean, in in all ways. And and in Manua's retelling, I hate Manor! She made her husband seem more masculine than Riker, which right. is just a laughable concept, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, why don't we turn on the subspace radio and see if we have any messages? Okay. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. We've got two messages coming in over the transom, Adam, and the first is from Susie. She says, Dear Leaf... Leif? Dear Leif, thank you for being married to me, even though I made you listen to hours of this podcast while driving around the West Fjords of Iceland. That's a great use of your vacation time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, now, I now believe that name to be Leif. And then uh, she says, Also, a shout out to our beloved friend Danielle in Portland, who has developed a crush on Adam. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope I just embarrassed you, Danny. <clears throat> oh, man. You've got a fan, Adam. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm now forsaking my blow-up doll for you. <laughs> I'm expecting an infinite lifetime of loving. Henceforth. <laughs> wow, yeah, uh, we have we have listener crushes now, Ben. That's great. That's exciting. I don't know Danny, but I feel like I see... I know what she sees in you, Adam. I have no idea. <laughs> Only one person in this world sees anything in me, and it's my lovely wife. Well, uh, but, uh, but it's uh, 
That's very flattering to hear. That is, that's super flattering. I'm glad flattering. you enjoy the show, Danny. You should be flattered. You may have more Twitter followers, Ben. Oh, but yeah, I, but I have more declared crushes. <laughs> and you deserve them. Okay, our next one is a little bit, I want to say mental. <laughs> it's from Ben. And it says, please recite as much of Data's Ode to Spot as, you, as your self-respect will permit. Uh, and I guess it's not to anybody? <laughs> really? Oh, wait, it, no, it's to fans of Android poetry. So it's so, not to anybody? So it's not to any. <laughs> well, maybe we trade couplets? Sure. Yeah. I mean... We might reach our threshold for tolerance pretty quick. It's not that long, right? Felis catus, your taxonomic nomenclature, an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses <laughs> contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. <laughs> I, I think it's as, as boring as it is portrayed to be in the episode that it comes from. Oh, yeah. But, uh, which we, we don't like to read ahead, but uh, I, think, I think everybody remembers this moment. <laughs> I think that's as far as we need to go with that, right? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's skip to the last one. Let's skip okay. to the end, right? We want to conclude this properly. Oh, Spot, the complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. And though you are not sentient, Spot, and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. I have a cat that lives in my house, <laughs> Ben, which is how I describe that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I do not feel this way about the cat that lives in my home. <laughs> and I wholeheartedly agree in Data's take that she is not sentient and cannot comprehend much of anything. <laughs> Besides the destruction of my things. Well, here's hoping your wife isn't listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, she really loves the cat. And I love the cat, too. Well, thank you for everybody that uh, sent a Jumbotron message. If you would like to leave a Jumbotron, go over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's 100 bucks for a personal message and 200 for a commercial message. Thank you very much. Now on with the show. Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. 
But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Holographic or otherwise, did you find <laughs> yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I'm so torn in a million directions on this one. And I think that the real Shimoda is probably one of the characters in this A storyline. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Data in the cold open. Because Data does something that I just think is so Shimoda-like, which is he he's standing there with Captain Picard. He knows that his honest opinion of Picard's painting is that Picard's painting is shit. It's a and pile Picard, of garbage. And... <laughs> And Picard is really insistent that the data review it, and I just I, f- I feel like uh, data is so incapable of being artful. You know, he's he's like a, a drunk guy, kind of giving you his frankest opinion because he's so drunk. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have any way of tamping it down, and uh, therefore gets my drunk Shimoda for the episode. How about yourself? Before we move on to mine, I thought I'd let you know that. I read in a in a version of this scene, uh, at the very end, Picard destroys the painting by throwing red paint on it. Jesus. 
Yeah, I don't know if that was the script version or if they ever actually filmed it, but that was what I had read. Yeah. Which I think kind of changes Picard's character in an interesting way, like especially with his relationship to Data. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I've I've really seen Picard as an ally in Data's quest for humanity, and if he were to take Data's criticism like that, like a baby, uh, I don't know. I think that would really <laughs> that would really give their relationship a couple steps back. I'm glad yeah. that, I'm glad we didn't see that version. Yeah, me too. Ben, I want to do something for my Shimoda that I'm hoping you can help me out with. Uh, all right. I would like to act out the trial of Riker uh, with me being Riker's defense attorney. Okay. So if you could be the foreman and uh, if you could be the foreman and the judge, just begin the trial and then ask me for my opening argument. Uh, I will take it from there. Okay. In the case of the people versus uh, Riker William T, uh, he is represented by Adam Pranica. Sir, what is your opening statement? Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, I have only one piece of evidence and one piece of information to enter into evidence, I guess. And that is this. Your Honor, you can't kill Commander Riker. You can only cope to contain his raw sexual energy. <laughs> you think this man would want to murder anyone else for the love of a woman? Riker could have anyone. Anyone <laughs> in the galaxy. Which also means that no one is worth killing for. I rest my case. To me, that is the defense for William Riker. He could have as, anyone. He doesn't need to kill for anyone. As the judge, I, I have to agree. Your, your evidence is so compelling that we can't even possibly hear the prosecution's argument at this point. That's how a trial works, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. I'm adjourning this case, Adam. Okay, good. What do we have coming up on the next episode? So the next episode, a lot of people are very excited about this one. It is Season 3, Episode 15, Yesterday's Enterprise. The course of history is altered when a time rift brings a starship Enterprise from the past into the present with a crew that includes Tasha Yar. Now, my memory of that episode <laughs> does not comport with that description at all. Yeah. Wow, and, that would uh, be amazing. Yeah. Seems like that might make even less sense than the episode that we're about to watch. I do remember this episode, Ben. Yeah. This is one of the great episodes. There's, there's a lot of fun about it. It's also, uh, you know, I, I have a real pet peeve when Star Trek does time travel. Sure. Uh, this is this is one of the ones that I don't mind as much, but uh, but I never think it's great. So I mean, as much as I like the uh, you know kind of uh, re- refit of the Enterprise as a uh, as a different type of ship that happens in uh, in this episode, the time travel element just never never works for me. Oh, interesting. So yeah. you don't hold this episode in as high regard as I do. I mean, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot great about it, but I just I, I think that the time travel shit just never holds up under any amount of scrutiny, and mm. uh, I'm here to scrutinize, man. You don't like that which is all powerful. You don't yeah. like you don't like the Q type people, and you don't like time travel. Yeah, I'm not into it. Hmm. Well, I love this episode. I love it so much that I'm a little nervous to review it. Well, 
We will be doing that on the next episode of this show. If any of our viewers wish to review us, uh, they can do so <laughs> on the iTunes or their podcast purveyor of choice. I never thought uh, about that, the meta-ness of that. We're reviewing a show, and then other people are reviewing our show. It's true. Uh, people can also support our show and its production by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yeah. If you're already a member of Maximum Fun, you can also go to, I believe, MaximumFun.org slash current members, and there's a way to add us to your gift. And I would say that if you're already donating and you would like to add us, you should up your donation a little bit to reflect the fact that this network is putting another show in your rotation that is worthy of donating to. Yeah. Sprinkle a little bit on us. Sprinkle yeah. a little bit on tights and fights. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Love that tights and fights show. All the great shows. If you're the, one of the three people that enjoy my wrestling references, you really love tights and fights. You can follow us on Twitter at Cut for Time in Adam's case and at Benjamin R A H R in my case. Uh, use the hashtag Greatest Gen to talk with us about the show. We're on there basically all day, every day, goofing around about Star Trek. Uh, not doing as much work as we probably should be doing. Right. Uh, we are also on Reddit and on Facebook. The Greatest Gen subreddit and the Greatest Generation Facebook group are both hot, hot places. Please give a thumbs up to our Facebook page as well. And we should thank Dark Materia for our music. And we should also thank Adam Ragusea for our, uh, our, our Priority One message music. The Goose! Yeah, that guy's the best. He really is. One of our earliest champions. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without him. Um, nope. What else do we need to say, Adam? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, well, we'll be back at you next time with another great episode of The Next Generation and another barely passable episode of The Greatest Generation. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I hope you edit out that nose blow. Okay.